Welcome to Excess Returns, where we focus on what works over the long term in the markets. Join us as we talk about the strategies and tactics that can help you become a better long-term investor. Justin Carboneau and Jack Forehand are principals at Validia Capital Management. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Validia Capital. No information on this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Securities discussed in the podcast may be holdings of clients of Validia Capital. Hey guys, this is Justin. In this episode of Excess Returns, Jack and I wade into the political debate right before the election that's upon us. But it's not what you think. Rather than discussing our political ideologies, we talk about how investors shouldn't let politics influence their investing decisions. From the historical market returns under Democrats or Republicans, to the actual long-term economic impacts of policies and political views, investors are best served by not letting their support, distaste, emotions around one political party or another influence how they are investing now and in the future. As always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right. Today, you and I are going to have a debate around who is going to be the next president of the U.S. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to no, do that. No, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but we're, we're not going to do that because <laughs> people don't want to tune in to our podcast to listen to us debate about politics. But we are going to talk about politics today, but we're going to talk about the importance of separating politics from how you manage your portfolio. And, um, you know, I think this is somewhat hard for a lot of investors to do. I feel like the, the world we live in today with politics and how maybe polarized things are and people's opinions and also the behaviors of just politicians in general and not just talking about like Trump, it's a lot of them. Um, you know, it results in people, I think, having strong opinions, being worried, digging in to their beliefs and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of times for investors that can feed into um, how they sort of look at having their um, their investments either managed or how much cash they have in the market or what they're doing with their investments or whatever. So we're going to talk about the reasons why you shouldn't do that. Um, and maybe to start, Jack, I'll let you sort of talk about what the actual data shows um, in terms of, you know, does the market actually perform better under a Republican um, administration, like a lot of people might think, or what is the actual data uh show and, and, and what does it bear out? Just to take a step back and highlight what you talked about, you know, all of us have strong political beliefs. I mean, some, some people are in the middle, but many people are polarized these days, but everybody has strong beliefs about the way they think the world should be. And there's this tendency to take that and to translate it into the stock market. And so to think if, if this candidate represents the way I think the world should be, then this candidate also represents a higher stock market. They're also better for the stock market. And, and that's the part that's very hard for a lot of investors is to separate my strong beliefs about here's what has to happen in the world with what's going to happen in the stock market. And, and to your question, you know, when, when you look historically at the stock market and say, has it done better under Democratic administrations or has it been done better under Republican administrations? It has done slightly better under Democratic administrations, which is counterintuitive to a lot of people because typically you would think, you know, lower capital gains taxes, less regulation, Republican administrations would be good for the market. But I'm also after saying that, going to tell you why that doesn't matter at all, because I, I wouldn't put really any weight in that data. Um, and, and there's a couple there's a couple reasons for that, which we'll get into. But so in general, the market has done better under Democratic administrations, 
But one of the interesting things is when, when you dig into the data and you, you separate it into unified Republican administrations, meaning all, both houses of Congress and the president were Republican, unified Democratic administrations, and then divided governments with a Republican or a Democratic president, you sort of get different results. So a unified Republican administration and a unified Democratic administration have produced the same exact annual return. So there's been no difference whatsoever when Republicans were fully in power or when Dem Democrats were fully in power. The difference has all come when there's been a Democratic president, but a divided government. And the returns have been much better there than when there's been a Republican president in a divided government. And so historically, there's probably not too much to tell you that we want either kind of president from the perspective of the market. Yeah, the only thing I would uh, say to that is a lot of times, at least I hear this, I don't know if you hear it, but I hear the market likes divided government because the market, uh, at least invest, some investors think that, you know, because when you have divided government, you have less, maybe you've got the government hands kind of, you know, influencing things and not one, pol one party can't just, you know, um, jam down their their policies and their beliefs. And, and so, you know, you hear that a lot that like the, the market likes that, but you know, we don't want to read too much into the data. The, the worst, the number of years where you had a Republican president and a divided government, you had 33 of those total years going back to, I think, whatever your chart is in here, going back maybe 70 years or something like that, or 80 years. And that was by far the worst uh, performance of the market when you had a Republican president and a divided government. So it's not always true that the market, you know, at least historically, when you look at the data, it hasn't, it hasn't played out. Right. And way. even, and we'll put this, a link to this article in the show notes, but even when you bring in the divided government with the democratic presidents as well, the average returns of the market with a divided government are actually less than the average returns of the, of the market with a unified government. So, Right. This plays in the same thing we we're talking about, which is, you know, people want to say, all right, Republicans are better for the market or Democrats are better or divided markets are better, divided governments are better. There's really nothing in this data to say anything about that. And, you know, the other point I think is really important to make is if you look at what we're dealing with here, you know, we're, we're dealing with something like 80 years of data or whatever's in here. But I think you're dealing with something like 17 administrations. So if you look at this purely from a statistical standpoint, my N or the number of observations in my sample is like 17 different presidents. You know, if, if I was looking at that on the other side of our business where I'm judging value strategies and things like that, I would say there's absolutely nothing I could draw, no conclusion I could possibly draw from, you know, a sample that's that small. And so I think no matter what it says in the data, even if it said, you know, and it doesn't say anything strongly, but even if it said strongly, you know, it's better with Democratic administrations or it's better with Republican administrations, I probably still wouldn't read anything into it because there's just not enough data to say any, you know, to say that one way or the other. Yeah, we need like 80 more presidents to have any even statistically significant, you know, sample size to make any judgment on that. Um, you know, another thing that you hear a lot is uh, when the market's up, uh, and you have a sitting president, you know, a lot of times um, they sort of take credit for that. And a lot, you know, in the markets, there's, it, it's not like they, a lot of the policies um, in many cases, you know, that are, are, are put forth, you know, don't necessarily have a, um, you know, a lasting sort of impact on the on the market, I get, but the one thing I would also say to that is, you know, if you think about the one thing that Trump did do with lowering corporate taxes, 
that is uh, something that you know directly made companies worth more. Because if you go from a 35% tax rate to a 21% tax rate, um, you know, those companies clearly that were paying the higher tax rate, you know, now that they're on the lower tax rate, they're, you know, keeping more of that, of, of, of the profit. Um, and I mean, I remember when, when that was enacted, Buffett called that like, just like a, a gift from the government in the sense of, you know, corporate profitability, um, for those companies that were benefiting, benefiting from that. But that's not the, the, the bigger point here is the role of good luck or bad luck and the performance of um, the market during a president's time in office. So do you want to maybe, I think you had a really good example in your article, sort of highlighting two different presidents and how, you know, when they came into office had a huge impact on the performance of, well, of, of how the market performed during their administration. Right. So if you and I are going to invest for an eight year time frame and we just pick a random time frame to invest in, probably the biggest determinant of how we're going to do is it, what, what was the valuation going into that time frame? And so what was going on with the market before that? And so a, a good example of that is Obama came into the office essentially at a market bottom. And so obviously Obama is going to have above average returns during his administration. Now, if another president comes in you know, at a market top, he's obviously going to have below average returns. And that has nothing to do with their policies. It's, it's not saying their policies were good or their policies were bad. It's just the luck of when you start has a huge impact and the valuations you start at and the economic situation you inherit has a huge plays a huge role in the return of the market during your administration. And the other part of it is a lot of times these economic policies that administrations enact have a lagging effect. I mean, you gave the example of Trump's tax right. cut, which had a fairly quick effect in terms of profits in, in the market. But a lot of these other policies, you know, can have a lagging effect. So what you can have is one president can inherit the either good or bad effects from another president. And so a lot of times when you're judging the president during their own administration by how the market did, they may have had great policies for the market, but those policies may have had their impact after them, or they may have had horrible policies for the market. But again, those terrible impacts could have come on after them. And so what I'm getting at is a lot of this is to do with luck in terms of what they inherit and also timing in terms of how long it takes the policies to go into effect. And people end up getting credit for things they don't deserve credit for. Yeah, and even in the case, it's not only when you start, but also maybe when you end, because in the case of George W. Bush, which you put, we had a chart in the article here, um, you know, he came into office right in the middle of the 2000 to 2002 bear market, and then he basically left office at the end of 08. So um, as many investors probably remember, at the end of 08, the fall of 08, I mean, the market was, you know, down, I don't know, maybe like, 30 or 35% because that was right in the middle of the great financial crisis. So, you know, he never really, he was barely above, the market was barely above break even well into his administration. And then, you know, it took another huge hit. And then, like you said, Obama came in and got the benefit of being, you know, inaugurated right at the market uh, bottom there in 09. Um, the other point I think you were making in the article was, you know, this, the changing tide of um, sort of policy and how I think what you were trying to get at here is, you know, that different policies can have different impacts. Um, you know, like we, like you were saying, like some short-term, but mostly long-term impacts um, on the market, but the difference in those policies sometimes can, you know, maybe, 
um, be less impactful as they cancel each other out? Is that what you were trying to get no, at there? No, what I was saying is pe people sort of assume that, you know, a, a Republican policy, for instance, of lower taxes is good for the market. And, you know, that that's probably very true. Um, obviously, you know, when, when you cut the corporate tax, profits go up. Uh, I'm sure that's contributed to the market going up. But we're, we're sort of in a different place right now because both parties have embraced the use of debt and fiscal stimulus into the economy. And okay. so yep. we're probably going to see a lot of that no matter who wins. And you're probably going to see more, a lot more of that if a Democratic administration wins. And so whereas lower taxes are good for the market, also fiscal stimulus, typically putting money in people's hands, they spend that money at companies. I mean, typically that's also good for the market. And so what I'm saying is it's very hard to figure out the net effect as to, you know, in a Republican administration, you probably get lower taxes and stimulus, but less stimulus. In a Democratic administration, you get higher taxes, but probably a lot more stimulus. So what's the net effect of that on the market? You know, it's very hard to figure that out. Um, I don't think any of us know. There's obviously going to be significant effects behind the scenes in terms of which sectors do well and which sectors do poorly. But what I was getting at there is even if you think a certain you know type of policy is good for the market, it's very hard to figure out you know, which policy is going to be better going forward, whether it's going to be more of a stimulus driven higher tax type situation or a, you know, maybe a little bit less stimulus, lower tax situation. So assumptions you have as to what may have worked in the past may be changing now because the way both parties implement policy is also changing. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, do you mind? I just kind of want to wrap it up and end it with, I'll just read the last sort of paragraph here. From your article because i think it pretty much sums up exactly you know everything we're talking about can i do that or sure. or do you want to read it because you wrote it no you can read it all right so so th this is what you wrote there's a lot at stake in this election many of us feel more strongly about the implications of this outcome than we normally would but no matter how strongly you believe the world will be a better place if you if your preferred candidate wins that doesn't mean the stock market will be and our job as investors is to produce the best long-term returns we can for our portfolios. The ability to separate your political beliefs from your investment strategy is an important part of that. The stock market may go up after election day. It may also decline. But either way, if you look back 30 years from now and look at this election from a purely investment-based perspective, you are likely to see its importance in a very different light. Instead of seeing it as something that played a major role in determining whether you achieved your investing goals, you are likely to see it as a blip on the radar. So I think that really does a great job of capturing what we believe in. And I think how most investors should be thinking about this election politics and their investment portfolios. Yeah. And, and I think just to sum up in the end, a good example of that is if you look back to previous elections where, I mean, maybe we, we could argue this is some of the higher stakes we've ever seen, but you know, Bush versus Gore was a disputed election. It, it wasn't settled for a while. You know, the, do you remember now? I mean, are, are there moves you think you should have made in your portfolio in order to deal with that? No, I mean, it, it, it's a blip on the radar. And even the Trump thing, you know, when Trump was elected the first time, I mean, people saw all kinds of turbulence coming to the market and, you know, you ended up with a market that, that went up. So, you know, the point is there's there's nothing you can do as an investor here. You can't, there's no adjustments to make to your portfolio. What happens may be good for the market. What happens may be bad for the market. Valuations and earnings and, you know, all other things are going to drive that as well. But at the end of the day, whatever is going to happen, you know, what will be the day after we release this podcast is not going to impact your long-term investment strategy. Your, your investment strategy should be the same the day after the election as it was the day before. That's great. Okay. Um, thank you guys for listening to this. Um, we will, uh, 
have this released one day before the election. So hopefully you get a chance to listen to it and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Hi guys, this is Justin again. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Excess Returns. You can follow Jack on Twitter at, at @practicalquant and follow me on Twitter at, at JJ Carboneau. If you found this discussion interesting and valuable, please subscribe in either iTunes or on YouTube or leave a review or a comment. We appreciate it.